0: Hi, we're Ellen Taylor, and we're here to join you on your journey from pregnancy to birth, postpartum, and beyond. Here on the podcast, you'll get interviews with birth and parenting professionals, birth stories, and educational episodes to get you feeling confident, supported, and empowered on your journey to and through parenting. Welcome to Birth Reimagined. Hi, I'm Elle Kennedy, a birth photographer and doula based in Orange County, California, and I use she, her pronouns.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Taylor Garcia, a doctor of chiropractic, also here in Orange County, and I also use she her pronouns.
0: Today we are talking to Jill McGoffin. Jill is a certified birth doula and postpartum doula with Dona International. She's also trained as a new parent educator and newborn care specialist and has taken additional doula training courses such as hypnobirthing and advanced rebozo skills for birth and postpartum care. Hi Jill, how are you today?
2: Hello, I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm good. So, Jill, is there something specific about birth that has always lit your fire? What are you most passionate about?
2: I would say I'm really passionate about supporting the birthing person in this new endeavor of their life. Um, It's scary and extremely new to a lot of people. And to be there and support them and help them get through this is something I'm really passionate about.
0: I love that. I love that support is one of the things you're super passionate about. That is one of the core tenets of this podcast for us is connecting birthing people with support systems of various kinds. Um, So we actually asked you to come on and talk with us today about comfort care, which is a kind of a specific type of support during labor. Can you tell us a little bit more about what comfort care is?
2: Sure. Comfort care basically is making sure that the birthing person is as comfortable as possible um, during labor, before labor, actually, during and after. Um, It's not necessarily pain medicine or certain um, positions or things like that. It's anything that makes the birthing person feel comfortable. It could be anything from massage. It could be um essential oils it could be heat pack cold pack or it could be me scratching someone's back that's comfort care it's making them feel comfortable so they can tolerate the urges the surges excuse me that you know they're going to go through to have this beautiful baby
0: yeah i know when we talked before you also mentioned like um rubbing someone's feet or Mm -hmm. brushing someone's hair, or things like, like little things like that, that just kind of make them feel a little more themselves while they're going through this incredible
2: transitional period. Absolutely. I am a firm believer, because I love it, in massage, feet massage. Um, To get your foot massaged when you are not feeling your best, um, to me at least, makes me feel completely relaxed and able to tolerate whatever I'm going through. So I really like to focus on the feet. Um, If the birthing person is okay with that, obviously. There's some that don't want to be touched and some that don't like their feet and don't want me to touch them, and that's fine. But if they're open to it, um, I can sit at someone's feet for hours and just use essential oils and coconut oil and rub their feet and their ankles and do the acupressure and get them into this really wonderful relaxed state um, to where they're really just flying through all these contractions and they're like, I'm, I'm chill, I'm good, I, I got this. It's just being comfortable. I truly believe in comfort care because of that. I have a very, very um, high tolerance to pain medications. I've had a couple surgeries. So pain pills, they didn't work for me. What worked for me is someone scratching my back, someone holding my hand, someone playing with my hair. Those little things mean so much to so many people and I think that's forgotten about a lot.
0: I really feel like when we talked about this before, I, I think I told you it, it feels like an extension of self-care
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and how we take care of ourselves while we're pregnant and in labor and postpartum changes because oftentimes we can't do some of those things for ourselves. And so comfort care of somebody else bringing those things to you becomes an extension of our self-care self care is asking for somebody else to help take care of you in those ways.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people forget their their own needs. They're, you know, obviously, and you know, of course, they're they're worried about their unborn child. They want to make sure that they have a healthy pregnancy. So, you know, they go into the hospital thinking, you know, okay, I I'll do what I need to do and have this baby and as long as I have a healthy baby, that's that's what's important. Mm, I prefer that everyone have a healthy experience. And um, I remind my birthing people that, you know, it's okay to ask for what makes you feel good. It's so important. This is your experience. You should enjoy this experience. If you like getting pedicures, if you like getting, you know, your hair blown out, those are things you can do in a hospital setting. Those are things you can do at a home birth. Those are things you should do because those are things that are going to relax you. I
1: wonder if anyone has thought to like, Bring a family like teddy bear, like maybe their childhood teddy bear if they still have it, like with them to the hospital.
2: Yes, I've actually had clients that have brought their own um teddy bears, and it's kind of nerve wracking for me because these are very old teddy bears and they're ragged, but they mean the world to these people. So they're holding on to them during the contractions. Um, I had a a client where I was rubbing her feet for hours, and she was holding on to this doll. I couldn't even recognize what the doll was; it was so old, but it was her. It was her little pal. She loved holding it. It made her relaxed. In fact, she took um, a very long nap holding that doll, and I was rubbing her feet. She felt like she was in her good space. And, you know, she was in the hospital, so it was great.
0: Uh, I just had a flashback of when I was pregnant and delivering Teddy. For those of you who may not have listened to my birth story episode, Teddy was born with a congenital heart defect. And so we had this meeting a few weeks before... I delivered, and one of the people at the meeting was the chaplain for the hospital. And when the chaplain came over and spoke to us afterward, and just made sure, like we knew that those services were available should we want them, um, she actually handed me this little. Um, it was like a little stone, and it had a little angel like carved inside of it, um, like a little resin like stone thing, and I am not a religious person really but there was something about this stone that like for the next few weeks i just was constantly holding it or it was in my pocket and when i was in labor with teddy i kept taking it out and just like holding it i just yeah. wanted to hold it and like rub my thumb on it like a worry stone and I, I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned it. I, I'm <laughs> sure I have it set aside in a little box or something around here. But yeah, I totally forgot about that.
2: It's, it could be something so small that can turn into something so meaningful. And I'm glad you had that because, you know, now you can look back and go, that, you know, that helped me get through that time. Um, it's, I really believe in the small, it's the little things that really count that people forget about. It could be the littlest thing that be so important.
0: Yeah, I love that.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm definitely you know into physical comfort care, but I also believe in crystals. I bring crystals. Um, I make sure that the the room has a beautiful ambiance, lighting, um, very romantic looking room. Um, I really believe that they should feel like they're at the most relaxing, zen like spa they could ever be at. Um, And it could be the coldest hospital room, but I make sure to turn into something beautiful. Um, So there is relaxed as possible. That's all a part of comfort care is just making that atmosphere as relaxed as possible.
0: I've seen some really beautiful home birth photography done um, where people had thought about what they would want Mm -hmm. beforehand. And they really dove into that and they surround their space with like twinkle lights. Mm-hmm. and with affirmations on the walls and artwork on the walls, and they they fill their space with the colors that are calming to them. And I love that. And I know that a lot of that kind of stuff is difficult in a hospital setting. But I think if you are looking to have a home birth, that you should be thinking about those things ahead of time. What What kinds of things make you feel calm? What kinds of things tap into that, like, sense of magic and wonder, because if you can tap into that when
2: you're in labor, it's going to change how you feel while you're in labor. Absolutely. And I don't think that needs to be limited to home birth though. I have, um, I bring flameless candles and I tell all my clients, think about your rom- the most romantic evening that you've had had out with your partner. What did it look like? How did you feel? What did it smell like? And those are things I try to incorporate in the, the hospital room. I bring twinkly lights. I bring flameless candles. I do the little tea lights. They're all flameless. They look real though, which is amazing. I even accidentally left my candles in the car um, on a hot day and they melted a little bit. So they really look real. Um, I have several rebozos that are different colored rebozos are beautiful um, Mexican um, fabrics that are used for um, different positions and a lot of different things, but I have several of them and I will lay them out um, around the hospital room. So, you know, there's pops of color. Um, Mm -hmm. I print out birth affirmations and put them on the wall. I make the hospital room as homey as possible.
0: I love that.
2: Me too. If if you're going to have a hospital birth, there's no better way of doing it.
0: Yeah. And, When you show up to a hospital birth and they tell you, oh, you have to wear this gown from the hospital. No, you don't wear whatever you feel comfortable in. If you have a special, you know, gown that you bought on the Internet, that's beautiful. And that's what you want to labor in because that's what makes you feel good. Go for it. But if you want to wear your comfy, cozy clothes from home, if you want to wear your sports bra instead of a cute one, wear whatever makes you feel the best at that time.
2: Exactly. They, I have to remind the, my birthing people that they are in charge. They are in charge. Yes, they are going somewhere else other than their home to give birth, but they are in charge of their own birth. They don't have to do everything that they suggest them to do. And I'm not talking about medical. I'm just talking about, like you said, the gown, Yeah. You know, where, where the IV is placed. You know, If you have to have an IV, put it a little higher so you can move around and use your hands and not have it interfere with what you're doing. You know, um, I had a nurse tell me that she's allergic to essential oils. I looked at the mom. The mom's like, can I get another nurse? Because I really do like essential oils. No problem. They switched nurses. She had her essential oils.
1: It's it's... about
2: accommodating for the the birthing person so they can have the births that they really want and deserve.
1: Yeah, we've talked before before about, you know, self-advocating in the birth room. So it's really good that, you know, you kind of that you're really, really on board with that. Um, I was going to say, like, I'm not planning on giving birth. I want to adopt. But if I were to give birth, ocean waves and like the smell of the ocean would be like my thing. Yes. Yes.
2: All the way. I Yes. I, I love the ocean and it's so relaxing, especially with hypnobirthing. They, you know, con- contractions are not called contractions. They're called waves or surges. Yes. So playing, mm-hmm. you know, the waves in the background and having, I don't even, I, I'm sure I could figure out how to get sea salt smell in the room, but, you know, having the smell and having the sound <laughs> would be amazing
0: you could also pull up a YouTube video of like ASMR sounds or white noise or ocean waves or thunderstorms or whatever it is that's soothing to you. Mm. Um, Charlotte was actually born during a thunderstorm. So I didn't need to do that. We had Mm. nature outside doing it for us. But, you know, if that's something that's that is soothing to you or something that, you know, makes you feel relaxed Find, you know, find your favorite YouTube video of it and play it. A lot of them are, are like 10 hours long. So, you know, go yeah. to town with that.
2: Absolutely. I've had, I mean, it ranges from I've had people that love to hear, you know, the sound of the ocean to people that really want to hear like Kevin Hart, his comedy shows just on replay over <laughs> and over again. And yeah. that voice comforts them. And that's cool. Yes. Whatever works for you is going to work for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think was it um Taylor, was it Khalila who had the episode of Friends on while she was I doing her surrogacy so. birth? It was
1: some I think it was I think it was Khalila. Yeah, I
0: think it was Khalila and she had an episode of Friends on while yeah. she was doing her surrogacy birth. And I mean whatever yeah, whatever it is, if you wanna hear, you know, fire crackling sounds, you can find that on YouTube too. Like there's yep. so much out there that that in that vein
2: there is and I just urge you know anyone that's having a child to take the time to prepare and really think about what relaxes them and get those things so you know they can be played at the birth and if you have a doula talk to your doula about you know what makes me feel good these are the things and have them help you with that get that in order so you have it It makes such a difference it really does it's such it's they're so small but they're so big
0: yeah, I know with Charlotte, the whole time I was pregnant, I just wanted to take baths like the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a bath person. I will take maybe one every couple of years. It's not my thing. But when I was pregnant with her, I just wanted to be in the bathtub all the time. And so that was really important to me when we were looking at midwives was finding a center that had a birthing tub available because that's what I really wanted. And I didn't end up having her in the birthing tub, but knowing that that was an option and knowing that that was there, you know, I did use it. Like as soon as we got there, I was like, I want to be in the tub. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yep, my last birth center birth was completely in the the water. Um, She was like you, she, you know, she wanted to be in the tub. She, that's what relaxed her. And she ended up staying there the entire birth and then after, and it was amazing. Uh, Water is amazing. Warm water, cold water, whatever works for them is, is truly amazing and is very relaxing. A shower, a bath, even compresses, really, really nice for comfort care.
0: Yeah, I'm in a, uh, a couple of different birth worker groups and one of them just shared that I think they said their client had given birth in their actual pool. In the backyard because they didn't have a birth pool and she gave birth in the pool. And I'm sure that there are, you know, midwives who would have been like, I'm not so sure about that one because it's chlorinated water and everything, but I don't know, maybe it was a sea salt pool. I'm not really sure about the details, but I just remember thinking like, well, there's something about water, man, that, you know, it calls to us.
2: (laughs) I mean, there is, if you, if there are videos of midwives, um, actually submerging their clients in the water and doing flips so they can get the baby head down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's water water's pretty amazing. It does a lot of things. Um, I watched a birth on YouTube where the mom gave birth in the ocean. I was scared for her the whole time. I was like, what if a shark comes up? You know what? You know, what if there's a fish swimming by the feet? I But she had her baby in the water and then, and the, it was a doctor that was there that delivered her and they carried the baby out with the mom and chilling on the beach. It worked for her.
1: Taylor, that would, would be you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean just, well, just leave me in the water, I'm fine. <laughs> um I was gonna kinda going <laughs> kind of going back to the items in the birthroom. Um, what would be the most unique item you've seen brought into the birth room if you're willing to talk about that? The most unique
2: item hmm. Well besides that doll that looked like it was from 1945 and if my client is listening to this podcast I love that doll it just looked very ancient. Um that was pretty unique mm-hmm. and then um you know just pictures affirmations and I don't think that's very, you know I mean it was unique in, in terms of it was beautiful and very um just wise mm-hmm. what the words were saying but um nothing too crazy yet. Okay. No, yeah, nothing I, I can that. think of. I might just blurt out <laughs> yes. something as you know <laughs> yes. we continue talking, but as right now I can't think of anything.
0: Okay. Um, listeners, just so you know, we have actually created a couple of birth affirmation resources, um, and I will link to those on the show notes for this episode. We have birth affirmation cards that you can cut out and keep in your pocket or in your wallet or things like that um, during your pregnancy, and then we also have full-sized birth affirmations that you can print out and hang up on your walls. And we have designed them in, I think, three different styles and color options. That way you can pick what really calls to you. Because I know, you know, the ones that I pick might not be the ones that you pick. So I made sure we had a couple of different kind of graphic styles for those. And I think there's about 20 different birth affirmations on there. And if you have some ideas of birth affirmations that you want that aren't on there, um, reach out to us. I can add more on there, like, no problem at all for you guys. Um, But yeah.
2: Nice. Affirmations go so far. They're lovely, especially yeah. in a time of, you know, deep contractions, taking a look at an affirmation, just remembering why you're there, what you're doing. It's, yeah. it's really helpful.
1: So other than items, what other things can uh, people bring into the birthing space um, to facilitate this self-care and this comfort care?
2: I definitely recommend that the birthing person and their partner discuss food i think food is a huge part of every birth not just because i'm a foodie but because food really energizes <laughs> the person and able to you know it, it allows them to continue and be strong and have that energy to give birth and when we're dealing with a hospital birth as you both probably know this very well they usually say no food which to me is ridiculous and obviously as a doula, i don't say you can eat Um, I say, I give them the evidence that shows, you know, that eating is beneficial and they can make their decision if they want to eat or not. But if they do decide to eat, I definitely talk about snacks and the foods that they should bring and maybe the stuff they want to avoid like dairy and things like that. Because, you know, obviously part of um, labor is nausea and vomiting. And sometimes, you know, if they're drinking something that's heavily in dairy that you don't want that. Um, But, snacks what what's your comfort food if somebody loves snacking on almonds um and raisins and they've been craving it their whole pregnancy bring that to the birth pack it now put it in your your pregnancy bag um your birth bag think about what you want to eat there even if they let you eat there the food at the hospital let's just be honest is not the greatest
0: it is Tends to be questionable at best, and I, with Teddy and their heart (laughs) condition, I've spent my fair share of time in a hospital eating hospital food.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So you want snacks that you're going to enjoy, that it's that they're going to be nutritious, that are going to give you the energy to keep on top of your game. So I, I talk a lot about food, especially for the partner. You know, I want the partner to be just as relaxed and comfortable as the birthing person. Um, Obviously they're not in labor, so they're not feeling those contractions, but you know, they're, it's a tense situation. They're nervous for the partner. They want the best and um, they can have some anxiety and sometimes making sure that they have, you know, their drinks with them, um, non-alcoholic, but you know, like if (laughs) if they like special juice, bring it. If you have a special snack that you like to munch (laughs) on, especially when you're stressed out, bring it. Um, things like that, just so you feel you know, more at home and, and more in your own space. Um, I never um, suggest coming empty-handed. Always have snacks and drinks. Always. Make it like a picnic.
0: And I've also heard make sure that you have some meals prepped in the freezer for when you get home. Things that you can just defrost or pop in the oven. Things that you like
2: absolutely
0: Um, prepped and ready to go that way when you get home and you're learning how to take care of this new baby if it's your first child or if you have more children when you get home and now you're adding another baby to you know the chaos and craziness that you're already used to you don't have to worry about what am I going to make for dinner? I want to make sure it's something healthy because you're not always feeling at your best right after you've had a kid. In fact, I don't think any of us are feeling our yeah. best right after we've had a kid. And we also don't want to have to rely on takeout or, you know, running and getting fast food. We want to be nourishing our bodies with good, healthy foods that we like.
2: Absolutely. Um, and as a postpartum doula as well, I, it's something that I do talk about in my prenatals is, is what's the plan for your postpartum care? Who is in your village? Who is going to be offering to help? Are you going to assign them things to do? Do not let everyone just hold your baby. Get them working. Have them bring you a meal. Have them clean your kitchen organize this in advance something that i like to do and i i'm gonna say i'm not the best cook in the world Um, my husband would definitely agree with that but um, (laughs) i do like making soups so with my um, birth clients i make a lot of soups prior to birth Um, they could obviously have them then or they can freeze them because i put them in mason jars so um i do send them with a couple meals um So they can choose when to have them and they're nutritious. They're warm. I believe in warm foods after birth, Um, get the body working again, nutritious meals, lots of um, if you know, if you're not vegetarian, bone broth, collagen, things like that. Very important. So um, organize those meals, talk about it with your, your family, um, reach out and get that help. It's so important. Your only job after you have a baby is to take care of yourself and that child. Everything else can be handled by someone else it's time for you just to rest and love on your baby
0: yes and talking about food um rose's birth story episode three uh she talked about sneaking burritos (laughs) into the hospital because she just wanted a burrito and so she had to sneak it in and like yep it happens and i I love that you talk about a postpartum plan with your clients. We actually covered that in our episode where we interviewed the Tourmaline Collective. We dove deep on postpartum plans and what should be included and how to go about making one and Good. you know, all the different things to cover. So if, you know, listeners, if you need some more guidance on that dive into that episode we talk all about a postpartum plan because it is not something that anybody ever told me to think about before I had my kids and man do I wish that I had had some kind of idea right beforehand
2: there's so much planning in your birth and your pregnancy and what you're going to buy for your baby and I think people forget oh what's going to happen when that baby comes home
0: yeah yeah Everybody thinks about diapers and onesies and they don't think about the fact that you're recovering. You Mm -hmm. have an actual wound inside of you that needs to heal and it takes time. I mean, even just, I remember afterward, I don't think I showered the first couple days after I had Charlotte because I just didn't feel up to it. But that first shower, I was like, oh my God, I feel human again. Like all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, I feel like I can tackle something now. Like it doesn't have to be anything big. Maybe it's just tackling feeding my baby all day without, you know, (laughs) without wanting to cry, but it's, it's getting back that sense of self.
2: Absolutely. It's so important and so easy to forget when you're in the middle of diapers, burps, making sure those, the is getting enough, you know, wet diapers out. And, you know, it's just like, it's, it can be very overwhelming. And it's, it's so important to have a plan in the beginning, just so you know, you don't have to stress about it. It's all there written out, you've got people coming in and helping. Yeah, so important. I think,
0: I think the extent of my plan, was telling my partner, if I'm doing the input, you're doing the output. So I was like, I will breastfeed the
2: baby and you change the (laughs) diaper. Absolutely. That was the extent of my plan. And you know, it's a big deal. People like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, you're breastfeeding around the clock. Let's be real. You're, it feels like you're always feeding the baby at first. So just, you know, taking the baby and burping the baby and changing the diaper it's it's so big because you can close your eyes and you can you can you know wash your face you can get that five ten minute break yes and recoup it's so important
0: the other thing I'd really recommend if you are breastfeeding is learn about other breastfeeding positions yes holding your baby you know across your the crossbody regular hold that you see all the time like when people are nursing in public is not the only way to nurse your baby. I was a huge fan of um, laying on my side with my baby snuggled right up next to me nursing because it meant that I could close my eyes for a few minutes while my baby was nursing and I would rest like that.
2: Mm-hmm. And when the baby
0: wanted to switch sides, I would, you know, roll roll my body over, turn the baby over to the other side, and they could nurse on the other side. You know, but that's that's...
2: So, that's so good that you're bringing that up, because it goes back to please do what you feel is right for you and your child. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Just because everyone's doing the cross cradle or the football hold doesn't mean it's going to work for you and your baby. Do whatever works for both of you. I've seen moms breastfeed. It's called, you know I think it's called laid back breastfeeding, where they're just laying back and the baby's um, vertical to the mom. Mm-hmm. And that works for for her and, and for the baby. Cool. Whatever works for yeah. you. There's not one way of doing things. There's not one way of birth. There's not one way of feeding your baby. There's not one way of swaddling. I mean, there's a million ways. You have to do what works for you.
0: Yeah. Do what works for you. Do what works for your family. Do what works for your baby. Every baby is different. Absolutely. My first kiddo wanted to be swaddled all the time but she always had to have one little hand touching her cheek when she was swaddled my second kid never wanted to be swaddled ever 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 don't swaddle that kid they will (laughs) kick their way out of it or scream until (laughs) you come fix it but yeah every kid is different every family is different every person is different do do the things that make you feel good during pregnancy during labor during
2: postpartum Absolutely, it just and you know, social media is great. Get your tips, get your advice. I mean, obviously, I'm giving tips here today, but I'm not the <laughs> you know end all advice giver. Like. Just try things out and do what works for you, what you're comfortable with. And that's what I tell my clients is that there is not one way. I will not judge you. I will support you in whatever you choose to do. If you feel comfortable laying on your head, I'm just really making this up and I'm really bad at giving analogies, <laughs> but like, if if, you, you, if that feels comfortable for you, then I will hold your feet in the air, <laughs> whatever works. So I know,
0: you know there's, I there's a term called gymnastics when the kids start being able to actually move and pull themselves up and I remember my second kid at one point doing down dog on me while nursing (laughs) and I was just like this is it I'm a jungle gym this is the epitome of what nursing has become and that kid could never (laughs) hold still while nursing they are constant in constant motion
2: yeah they just always
0: need to be moving but that's that's what worked for that kid like
2: And in the beginning, it's really just about getting through that, f- the initial first couple of weeks, that is the most yeah. stressful time. Let's be real. You know, it, you, you're learning to, to, to know your baby and what they like, and it takes a couple of weeks. So whatever works, you'll figure it out. You'll have your own rhythm and rhyme.
0: Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Nursing came fairly easy to me with my first kid. I didn't have a lot of struggles with it, but my second kid, because at the hospital stays and starting on a bottle and not at the breast, we struggled to figure out latching. Um, Combine that with a lip tie, not a tongue tie, but a lip tie where their upper lip was really tight down to their teeth, so they couldn't get that upper lip like as much flexibility as was needed to get a real good strong latch Mm -hmm. I ended up using a nursing shield for like nine months and everybody kept telling me oh you should be able to wean off of it and I was like no like it doesn't work for me to wean off with this kid this kid's latch is just not right and it makes it painful so I'm just going to keep using the shield because it makes it not painful and don't mm-hmm. you you don't have to listen to somebody telling you this is the right way to do it or you have to do it this way do what works
2: absolutely and i highly suggest you know talk about breastfeeding prior to your birth talk about it with your partner let them know you know make sure that you, i would suggest a class so you can understand you know the ins and outs of breastfeeding but also just talk to your partner about you know what you expect and what you need and and you know back to comfort care it's like you're not going to be walking around a lot you know you're trying to nurse this baby and like you had you know a problem with a latch that's a real issue so you gather all your supplies gather what makes you feel comfortable and put it in one space and just get in your nest and stay there and have everything brought to you and try not to stress too much about it. You know, like we're talking about, there isn't one, just one way. And you can always reach out to a specialist in IBCLC for, you know, more help if you have any issues, but try in advance to work out some kind of pattern of how you're going to be doing things and who's going to bring you what and, you know, make a basket full of things that, you know, you feel comfortable, um, that make you feel comfortable. Like maybe like a neck, um, a heat wrap and like snacks and, you know, a book and just have it next to you. So you could just yeah. focus on feeding that baby.
0: Absolutely. And know that even if you're breastfeeding, there's no one way to do it. Like we said, there's different positions. Yep. I had to pump and then bottle feed my kiddo the whole time that we were that they were in the hospital. They were in the hospital for two and a half weeks. And almost wow. that entire time it was pumping and bottle feeding. And when you go to the hospital, they give you an electric pump. But I learned the electric pump doesn't work for me. I needed a manual pump because the electric pump, I basically got nothing out because it just, it wasn't the right amount of pressure and it wasn't the right amount of, you know, any, it it just wasn't right for me. It didn't work for my body. And so I switched over to the manual pump and I went from producing like one and a half ounces total after pumping both sides to eight or nine ounces oh my of, gosh. of colostrum
2: that's amazing right and so I've goosebumps
0: <laughs> <laughs> I brought in I brought in these bags of just gold colostrum and one of the nurses is like how did you do this? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is just like my body knew that my baby was going through stuff and needed that extra colostrum because they were going through open heart surgery and they were recovering from that. And, you know, most babies hit their birth weight. Uh, they, so after birth, the baby's birth weight tends to drop a little bit and then they climb back up. Most babies hit uh, their birth weight again around day three, four, somewhere around there. Teddy didn't hit their birth weight again until three weeks. Wow. Because, because of everything. And so my body knew like this baby needs the extra fats. They need the extra, like that bulked up super protein powder, you know, (laughs) version of. (laughs) So, I mean, just trust your body, trust your body, trust your instincts and know
2: that, you know. There's more than one way. Yeah,
0: there. What works for you is not what's going to work for everybody else, and vice versa.
2: Agreed, definitely.
1: So we've mentioned a couple of times um, communication with the partner is key, but we really haven't talked about the partner participating in comfort care. Uh, what do you? What is your take on
2: that, Jill? I think the partner participating is just as important as the birthing person giving birth. I always state in my interviews, I'm not there to take the place of the partner. I'm there to enhance the experience and support both of them. I'm both of their doulas. So what I do in my um, my prenatals is I work with both in the comfort care measures. Um, I work with the partner, showing them, you know, all my skills of um, you know acupressure, counter pressure. I even teach them how to use, you know. Um, the rebozo to help me work with um, the birthing person's body. Um, I really work with them. So they are able to do a lot of this on their own. Um, and then what ends up happening is it's a, it's a three of us. Um, we're doing it together. It's like um, a three person tango um, birthing person's in the middle. I'm usually um, in the back and then the partner's in the front and we're doing body work. Um, we're, working with you know playing with her hair and scratching her arm we're doing whatever she she or he loves you know done to them um the partner is so important because that baby was made out of love and it's all about love and the oxytocin vibes and getting everything going and I I totally support the partner doing as much as possible. And there's times where I've just had the partner get in bed with, with the birthing person and I leave the room for a little bit so they can cuddle, they can make out, they can do whatever they want. That feels good to them. Um, It's so important. The love needs to be there and just the relaxation and the comfort and it needs to be from the partner. If there's a partner involved and if not, I become that partner it's a little different, but you know, I'm there and I do as much as possible.
0: Yeah, but having that extra support person there means that that you can step out and grab snacks from the kitchen for them or mm-hmm. you can, you know, go get the hot water started for a bath or a shower while the partner is still providing the, the physical comfort care in the moment or vice versa if, you know, if that's what they need at that moment. Um, it it means having having the ability, the flexibility to have somebody immediately attending to them, while somebody else is also attending to a secondary thing or Absolutely. to a future thing.
2: Absolutely, I just I came from a birth last week. I was so excited. It's one of my first births back since COVID, um, and I worked one-on-one with the partner, just so he could really understand some of the counter pressure methods that I do and the movement and things like that. And he really, wow, he surprised me and he was on top of it. So I was able to take a step back and take pictures of the entire birth. Well, he did all of the support there and that's what they wanted they you know he wanted to be the main support person and they wanted pictures taken so i was i was the photographer and you know what they came out pretty good i'm not a professional photographer but they came out really well and she was you know she was it was it was beautiful
0: and now they're going to have those pictures of partner supporting birthing person yep. to cherish forever and they're going to be they're going to be able to see those emotions that they were feeling and feel those emotions all over again because they had another person there who could step back and do that. If it had just been the two of them, they wouldn't be able to have those pictures because like, are you going to set up a a tripod in the corner on a, on a timer? And, (laughs) you know, like, no, that's not, that's not how it works.
2: (laughs) So. You know, know, and it was a surprise birth. So I'm not surprised birth, surprise gender. (laughs) They knew they were having a baby. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I recorded the baby And I was at the head of the mom at the the bed head. Um, I was recording the delivery and we, I caught the dad saying, babe, it's a girl, it's a girl, babe. And the mom has replayed that, you know, several times and just relished that moment because, you know, it didn't hit her then, you know, she just saw this baby come out. She didn't, you know, it didn't hit her that she had a girl.
0: There, there is something about like that moment of, actually having the baby where it's this moment of like shock and disbelief of like, Holy crap. I just did this. Like I, I did it and they're here and, and they're, they're separate from me now and they're their own. And it's, it's just this whirlwind. And like, I know so many photographers and doulas who talk about like a lot of times it doesn't hit the birthing person for a couple minutes like it takes them a little while to process that like this is an actual human being that I just birthed that is now laying on me and I'm now holding them with my arms and not with my body and it's 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 a process of like shock and like Holy crap. I just did this followed by like, Oh my God, they're here. And like this relief and like, just, just so many emotions.
2: It's going so fast too. You just, you, it, it's hard to remember every single moment. So if someone's there taking pictures and hopefully recording. I mean, that means it's, it's a lot. And, and that's why I do what I do because ah, it's how lucky are we that we get to witness this miracle and witness the love between you know, the people in the room with having this child, I love it. I love, I love what I do. And I love, I really do love taking pictures. I'm, I envy you that you're a photographer. I, I wish <laughs> I could do that. I, I usually take pictures of people's like ears. So, but um, <laughs> I've been pretty lucky in, you know, during labor, I've been taking good pictures. So if the dad is doing what, you know, the support part, then I just take a step back and do whatever else I, I can do to help. Oh,
0: I love that. Oh, I love all of this.
2: <laughs> I love what I do. I'm telling you, it's like, I you can in the corporate hear it world your forever. I, I, I've never oh, been yeah. so happy in my entire life. Like, to and I always like, I'm not, I, I guess I am emotional. Sometimes I think I'm not, but I am. Like, I literally tear up every time I talk about this stuff because like, it means <laughs> so much to me and to be a part, how blessed am I? to get to witness and be a, like a fly on the wall in, in and in a stranger's birth. I mean, they're not strangers, obviously, because I've, I've gotten to know them and work with them um, during the prenatals, but. They're not, you know, they're not my, my wife or my husband. I mean, this is a job and oh, what, I'm so blessed. What a beautiful job to have. Love it.
0: I love it. I love it. It
2: makes me want to have a baby again, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) maybe not. Yeah, no.
0: So before we let you go, we have a few questions that we like to ask all of our guests on the show. So first is what is your dream for the birth
2: community? Uh. My dream would be that birth is more of a natural event versus a medical event. Let's take away. It's not a disease to have a baby guys. It's not, it's a beautiful natural event. Make it more natural.
0: I love that. So many of our birth professionals are it's variations on this individualized care, treat the person and not, you know, the don't treat it like, you know, an illness. Mm -hmm. It's, it is completely natural. We've been doing it for centuries. Animals do it all the time. Like mm-hmm. our bodies were built to do this. Yes,
2: absolutely. So t- support is good, but don't dictate. Let the birthing person make their choice on mm-hmm. how they're going to have their child. I love it. Me too. That's really
1: <laughs> and second question. Uh, second question. What is one thing you will do for yourself this coming week?
2: I have COVID roots, so I'm gonna get my hair done. And I'm looking forward to it, but I am on call, so we'll see. <laughs> my hair is lagging. I need I I'm I'm usually blonde. Now I'm more of a muddy gray.
0: I have been dying to dye my hair during COVID and I've been holding back. I haven't dyed my hair in about seven years. So my hair is now all completely natural colored, but being under quarantine and being like I can't go anywhere I'm like I need a change I can't move my furniture around I can't <laughs> go anywhere I need to do something so now I want to just like dye my hair I I, I really want to dye it like blue or purple because why I'm not like, I <laughs> did <laughs> not. Do something wild yeah, Go
2: for it. I found a hairdresser that works alone um that uh takes Great caution in what she's doing. So I feel comfortable going to her. Plus I get COVID testing every week because I also Mm -hmm. am a newborn care specialist. So I take it all seriously, but you got to be self-care. We're talking about self-care, right? I'm doing some self-care. I want my blonde.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and talking with us today, Jill. My I pleasure. love the concept of comfort care and self-care during pregnancy and labor and postpartum and when when we first talked and you mentioned comfort care, I was like, yes, we need to talk about this like this this is something that needs to be talked about more across the board
2: it. absolutely. Um,
0: Before we let you go, where can everyone find you? How can we connect with you?
2: I um, am available um, at my website at jillmcgoffin.com, J-I-L-L-M-A-G-O-F as in Frank, F as in Frank, I-N.com, and on Instagram. And it's just my name, Jill McGoffin. So website, Instagram, and Facebook, same name. I'm, I'm available, those three outlets
0: perfect and we will link to all of those in the show notes for this episode also so it's a little easier for people to find you
2: thank you guys so much for having me on
0: thank you so much for coming on jill we loved thank having you with you having you on with us thank you all right listeners thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye bye Thank you so much for joining us here on Birth Reimagined. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, you can find us there at Birth Reimagined Family. And if you'd like to join our email list, you can get the link to that on the show notes for this episode. Being a member of our email list gets you access to all our freebies and make sure you're kept in the loop whenever a new episode drops or we have anything exciting to share. Thanks again and see you next time.